1: Uh oh, I have my, they put these up here so for me. <laughs> There's tape up here on the floor. Welcome to Hill Country Bible Church. Welcome to those live streaming, those online. We are we're glad you're here with us. We 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 hope you had a Merry Christmas. We've been listening to Christmas music for 6 weeks. Uh, didn't Dylan and Addison do a great job in the worship service today? Wow. Wow. It wasn't Christmassy. It was great. And the, uh, I, I, yeah, I like Christmassy. I, I do. I even noticed that Pastor Jason had on his Pittsburgh Steeder sneakers. Did you see that, those Pittsburgh Steeder colors? Yeah. Hmm. It's okay if you're 17. Uh I am Michael O'Banion. I'm the care pastor here at Hill Country Bible Church. I'm the holiday relief pitcher. Uh, and I, I, as I told the people at Sun City this morning, I remember I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball. And I watch a lot of baseball, different teams all over. And I, and I remember in a 2005 World Series, if you know about baseball, when the manager comes out to make a pitching change, he'll raise his right hand for a right-hander or his left hand if he wants a left-hander out of the bullpen. Well. Bobby Jinks was a relief pitcher for the Chicago White Sox in the 2005 World Series. And the manager came out of the dugout, and Bobby was a guy, big guy. He was rotund. Nice term. And so instead of right, he was a right-hander, but, but the manager came out, and instead of doing the, the right hand, he did this. <laughs> and I think that's what Brian did this week. He said, put in the big guy. <laughs> so I'm also the oldest guy on the staff. Uh, I wanted to point out to you that, that uh, what I said about Dylan and Addison a while ago, Josh also led the, the worship service out at Sun City this morning. It was a great service out there. And, and uh, we, uh, you know, we'll be out there at 830. If any of y'all have something to do you need to leave early, 830 at the retreat, we're out there. Uh, I want to speak to you this morning about being blessed, and this started in my head about a couple of months ago. We had a men's breakfast, uh, and if you if you're not involved in men's ministry here, about every quarter we have a men's breakfast, and somebody speaks and does a devotional, and and then we have Zoom uh, meetings. I don't. We're going to go live as soon as the uh, virus stops. Get runs out of the Greek alphabet, and. Uh, we're just waiting for Zeta here, guys. So uh, and it just keeps keeps rumbling. We we uh we do want to go live and and, and have because they are really good. Uh I started we started I started learning from Paul Goodner, who leads our men's ministry and is a really, really great, great Bible teacher. You would be blessed by him certainly. Uh at, at Smokey Moe's, and and when we used to meet there live, we'd meet on a Tuesday night, or I think it was, Tuesday night, we'd meet and have, have a little barbecue sandwich, and we'd talk about Jesus. I think about eight churches, men from eight different churches were there. It was a great, great thing. And in March of 2020, uh, y'all know what happened. Uh, Paul called me and said, do you think we ought to have the Bible study because this, oh, this virus thing was going on? And I said, well, the president just announced today that we're shutting it down. He said, well, it, and, and he's right, it would be disrespectful to, n- to not follow that recommendation. So we we shut her down. He said, you know, we thought we talked about it. This would be three or four weeks. And uh, <laughs> we went through 2021, 20, uh, 2020, 2021 was 2020 on steroids, almost, you know, and 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 so we, 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 we But we last two, two months ago, Paul led a men's breakfast, and he talked about being blessed. What does that mean, being blessed? What does it really mean to be blessed? And so that started rumbling around in my head. It has a lot of room to roll in my head. But it's over and over again, I kept hearing this, this blessed. And what does it really mean? We use it as a Christian catchphrase. We've got it on pillows all around our house, on wall hangings needlepoint where it says blessed. I use it as a catchphrase, and I'm guilty of it. People will ask me, how you doing, Mike? And I say, well, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And at that time, I may be just completely stressed, and it just, but it just rolls out of my mouth. We talk about being blessed by, you know, we have a nice car, or we have a good job, or we have a beautiful wife or husband, or we have a, a nice great kids and great grandkids. And that we, we say we're blessed. But is that really being blessed? Is that really what it means? That's what where I started to delve, and so I, I've, I've learned enough in my life to know that if something, if I get something going, and God's given me something, just let it roll. And so during the last couple of months, I've been reading back and forth in the Bible about about blessed and how it really, what does it mean? What does it really mean to be blessed? And so. I, uh, we're going to take a trip through the Bible this morning. When Pastor Brian asked me to speak this morning, I, had, I knew what it was going to be about because I couldn't get it out of my head. It had to be that.
2: Let's start the book of John. John 1, 1 through 3, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God at the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made.
1: John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, he's not talking, but guys, I know most of y'all know he, who, who, what the word means there. It, it's not the Bible, all right? The Bible wasn't even put together in a, the thing, the Bible you carry or you go online to read, wasn't even assembled into the 66 books until about 400 A.D. So this is about 400 years prior to that. They didn't have, they didn't wag around to King James or New International or dot, dot, dot Bible, whatever. If y'all ever want to know it, there are all kinds of versions. Go to Bible Gateway and check the virgins, and and you, you'll just be—I I read them all just to, because <laughs> I'm curious, I guess. It's—he's talking about a person. Now let's go back to the other beginning. He said, John said in the beginning, but in John Genesis one one, Moses wrote in the beginning.
2: John wrote in the beginning. Moses wrote in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth.
1: Do you think that John accidentally channeled Moses, to to use the same terms? All of the other gospels, the other three, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all all begin with the birth of Christ and coming to, to the birth of Jesus. John goes way back
2: before that and says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He was talking about Jesus. He was talking about Emmanuel, that over 2,000 years ago, yesterday morning, was born. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Those those are important, guys, the us and the our, so that they
1: may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Let us make man in our image. Jesus was there when the earth was created. He wasn't born a baby in a cave in Bethlehem. Jesus was there when it was created. Jesus was there when God, when, when man was formed from the dust of the ground. He was, when, G, when Lucifer got kicked out of heaven, as it was detailed in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, Jesus is the one that did the kicking. When Abraham was called upon to sacrifice his only son, Jesus was the lamb that was stuck in the brambles, the sacrifice provided. When Moses was called upon to free his people and he got stage fright, said, I can't talk, Jesus was there in the burning bush convincing him he had to go. And when Moses received the Ten Commandments on the mountain, Jesus was there. When Joshua obeyed the orders of God to march around Jer- Jericho uh, once a day for, se- for six days and then the seventh day marched seven times and then shout and the walls fell down flat. Jesus was there. When God, when David took rocks to a sword fight, Jesus was there. Now we think about, oh, you know, David, he had, he had slingshot. You know, man of faith, he went out there with a rock against a giant. Y'all remember the story. Goliath was a giant, he had a slingshot. I wonder about his faith because he he took three rocks, <laughs> you know. He, he didn't take just one; he took three smooth stones. I think it was because Goliath had some brothers. He's going to take out if he had to, but but and and all David had to do and picture pick this in your, your life: you don't have to do it all. All David had to do was put the rock in the sling and get it in the air. And Jesus gave it the aim, the torpedo power, to take out the enemy. All you got to do is get it in the air. Throughout all history, Jesus was there. Every Old Testament sacrifice pointed to him. Every high priest in the Old Testament represented him. Every voice of God, he was there. Every prophet followed his orders. Every mountain, every valley, every cloud, every river, he was there. And then one day grace appeared. John one fourteen, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Born in Bethlehem. And then... He, he he his parents took him running for his life they went down into Egypt they came back and the next time we see him appear he's about the age of a junior high student and he's in the temple preaching teaching the religious leaders and telling them things that were amazing to them and then he disappears again when I say he doesn't he not disappear all right he he goes away we don't have the account of his life because his ministry hadn't started yet, and yet and then when he was 30 years old, John the Baptist was preaching not, not the same John that wrote the book of John. John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness, repentance, and foretelling that there would be the Messiah was coming, and Jesus appeared to him, came to him, John baptized him, and the voice of God saying said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." And his ministry began. And he began to call out his church. He called out the apostles. He called, he called out Dwayne Whatworthy, a bunch of misfits, weren't they? Much of misfits. He didn't go to the, the Jerusalem Theological Seminary and call out 12 ordained. No, no, he didn't. He called out fishermen and tax collectors. And, you know, these guys were misfits. That's what he uses. He uses misfits, just like me and you. He called out his church, his ecclesia. He began to assemble them. He fed the 5,000. He healed the sick. He made the lame to walk again. He caused the blind to see in just three short years. He began in three short years of his ministry on earth from the age of about 30 to 33. He created the church. And then, at Golgotha, the place of the skull, he had been tried, wrongly convicted, and there was a cross with two crosses, one cross on each side. If you've ever been there to the place, the Golgotha, it, it, it looks like a skull. The mountain looks like a skull. You can step back and see it. It's just eerie. That's what the word means. He hung on the cross to fulfill all of the sacrifices that had taken place, all of the promised prophets that had taken place. The perfect lamb hung on the cross. John nineteen twenty eight through thirty. Bible says later, knowing that every scripture had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, "I am thirsty." A, far, a, a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of, of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, "It is finished." What was finished? Well, his life was finished. No. His fulfillment was finished. He had lived 33 years, a perfect life. And if you don't think God doesn't know what you're going through, He's gone through it all. Jesus lived, was tempted in all ways. He'd, he had deaths in the family. He had uh, a disease around Him. He had people who were broke and poor. He had them all around Him. He knows but when he, what he finished was the fulfillment of the law, obeyed every law. That's grace, guys. We cannot, we cannot get to heaven by, by obeying the law. You can't get there by being good because you can't be good. When, when she, On the mountain, when the Ten Commandments were given, we can't obey the ten because we can't obey the one. Just pick one. You can't do it. And because we can't do it, Jesus Jesus came, the perfect Lamb of God, lived a perfect life, and through His bloodshed, we are healed. And we have a pathway. It's just like a a plank across the moat. We have a way to get to God through Jesus Christ. That's the first part of grace. You can't earn it. It's free. You can't buy it. It's free. The new covenant was established. The old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, that's the law. Jesus fulfilled it. The Mosaic covenant was a a covenant agreement of if you do this, then I will do this. God said, if you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. The new covenant of, of Jesus was an unconditional covenant. I did this so you can do this. The earth quaked that day. The earth that Jesus created began to shake. The clouds, the light that he created went away and the skies darkened. The veil that was built in the temple, but that there was a big veil between the holy place and the holy of holies where the high priest could only go once a year and to take the sins of the people. That veil, that curtain tore from top to bottom, not from bottom to top like man could do it. It tore from top to bottom that day. The new covenant was established. He was buried, but on the third day, (laughs) but on the third day. The tomb was empty. The tomb was empty. They went to look, and there was no body. Why? Because he was resurrected. That's the promise of our resurrection, isn't it? We shall live. We won't die. Our body's going to get sick, but we won't die. We're going to die physically, all of you are. We're in the process of it. The day we were born, we began to die. Really? I I mean, look around. (laughs) My problem is I kind of think like I'm young, (laughs) and then I I figure out I'm not. For 40 days he appeared, he taught. He promised, he was establishing his church. Acts 1, 4 through 5, the Bible says on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my, that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8 through 9 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him him from their sight. And in Acts chapter 2, as prophesied by the prophet Joel, the Holy Spirit came upon the church. No longer will the Holy Spirit bounce like David said, oh, Lord, don't let the Holy Spirit uh, uh, pass, uh, go away from me. From that poem moment on, when the Holy Spirit came to the church, when you believe Jesus, the creator of the universe, lives in you, John 14, 16, 17 says, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you. Some, some versions say counselor. Some, some say comforter. But I will give you another advocate. And that's another of the same kind. You could have another of a different kind. This is another of the same kind. I will give you... And, and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. An unconditional covenant. Nothing we can do except receive Jesus. Whether you're here, whether you're at home watching this in your Christmas pajamas. Y'all didn't know that, did you? We, we, we can see Uh, (laughs) pastor brian (laughs) yeah Uh, all you can do is receive him the creator of the universe lives in you no matter what happens in 2022 guys it doesn't matter what's going to happen you know there may be disease there may be death there may be relational problems there may be financial issues he is in you. You don't have to go it alone. You don't. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Now, those, those. it's really easy to preach that. It's harder to live that. I get it. I get how physically torn up we get when something happens. I get that. But trust him. Just trust him. Uh, Brenda and I have been on this concert circuit lately. Uh, we went to see Crowder. Great show, guys. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, and we went to see uh, Casting Crowns, and they had a song, have a song that really resonated with me. I want y'all to listen to it right now, and it, it exemplifies that you don't have to hold on. You have to just be held. Listen to this.
0: Hold it all together Everybody needs you strong But life hits you out of nowhere And barely leaves you holding on And when you're tired of fighting Chained by your control There's freedom in surrender Lay it down and let it go So when you're on your knees and answer seems so far away Stop holding on and just be here Your world's not falling apart, it's falling into place I'm on the throne, stop holding on and just be All and just be here. Your world's not falling apart, it's falling.
1: Life's not falling apart; it's falling into place. Just be held. You see these homes that we have—our beautiful homes, our American heritage, our IRAs, our 401ks, our 403bs, our 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 our, our new BMW, or our 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 Pittsburgh Steeler sneakers. <laughs> Those don't make us blessed. Those are blessings. And you shouldn't feel bad about them. I'm not, I don't want you to do that. But they they don't make us blessed. They those things make us responsible. Responsible to recognize where they come from. And they're responsible to do with them what the one who gave them to us wants us to do with them. I told you to tell people all the time, and I I, I don't know necessarily know if i ever practiced it. You know, we always say, well, we give 10% to the church. And I used to say this. I think God is more concerned with
2: the 90% you keep than he is with the 10% you get. I want to get into that. Blessed is this. Blessed is Jesus, the power of the universe, living in you forever and ever and ever and ever. You don't have to go it alone. Stop holding on and just be held. I looked up the definition of
1: blessed, and, and there was a bunch of them divine, godlike, godly, heavenly, holy, sacred. And then I ran across this one supernatural.
2: Supernatural. The supernatural lives in you. Unleash
1: him and see where God takes you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for 2021 and us bringing you through it. And as we approach this new year, we pray that it will be a, 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 a victorious year in the life of the people here, that they will see Jesus move in their life. And we pray that if there's somebody here who doesn't know Jesus, that they'll open their hearts and right now and just say, Jesus, save me. I want you to be in my life.
2: Bless us for as we go from this place. We love you, Lord. And the best way we know how, we love you. In Jesus'
1: name, Amen. From Brenda and I to you, Happy New Year, Prospero año nuevo. Don't don't you don't use firecrackers if your neighborhood doesn't doesn't allow you to.